Hi everyone, Luke here. I just wanted to take this opportunity while Pete's not around to talk to you about UFOs. You know that I'm interested in UFO sightings, but Peter will not let me talk about them on the podcast. So instead, I'm here to recommend a different show which does discuss extraterrestrial activity and a whole heap of other unexplained paranormal mysteries. I absolutely love it. It's called This Paranormal Life, and it's an award-winning comedy podcast where comedians Rory Powers and Kit Greer inspect different paranormal cases to try and find the truth inside the mystery. Previous episodes investigate things like the Battersea Poltergeist and the Roswell UFO incident. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Sorry. Uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave the studio for like two minutes and you're talking about UFOs again, Luke. I'm actually just recommending to the Luke and Pete Show community to check out This Paranormal Life in case they want some more info about the mysteries, Pete, that you refuse to let me talk about. Mm. Uh, well, look, I, admittedly, I love Rory and I love Kit. They're good fellas. And I think we should leave it to them, the experts. I was actually just listening to St. Patrick's Day episode. And I tell you what, it was a bloody good listen. Apparently St. Patrick, right, he used to battle druids in Wizard Jewels, which is a little bit of rock and roll, isn't it? Uh, do you reckon I would beat uh, St. Patrick to some kind of Wizard Jewel, Luke? Oh, I reckon you could in those trousers, mate. Yeah. Search This Paranormal Life in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. Please do it so Luke stops talking to me about UFOs. What's that up there? It's a light, you dickhead. It's Thursday. It is the Luke and Pete Shaw. I'm Pete Donaldson. I'm joined by Luke Moore once again. I'm enjoying the maximum taste, no sugar kick of a Pepsi Max ginger. Actually, um, Luke, you weren't privy to this information, but uh, producing that um, before you, you, you came on the call, uh, she admitted that her dad had to change the brand of Pepsi, uh, or rather Diet Coke, um, in the fridge because otherwise she would drink upwards of, I think, 25 cans a day. Wow. Or a ridiculous amount. More than five. Matt, do you want to unmute yourself very quickly and just tell us, would you say one number, how many cans of Diet Coke you used to drink a day? Yeah. What's your record? 24. In one day? One for every hour. That is outrageous. (laughs) That is absolutely unbelievable. She's tiny as well. Absolutely tiny. Well, because of the Diet Coke, isn't it? But I mean, imagine she was up every hour of that that day (laughs) drinking Diet Coke. I mean, lordy. That is that is a ch- so so. There's a big controversy, isn't there? Around well, it's not actually really a controversy, but people say right. that aspartame, which is I think the um, the the flavoring mm. of diet, not the flavoring, but you know the, the kind of sugar substitute, mm. sweetener in diet coke, yeah. like is potentially hazardous. And and a lot of people have come out and so said, people- no, 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 it's the most tested um, um, kind of ingredient in the world effectively because yeah. it's done so much rigorous testing on it because you know, so many people ha- have it and it's fine. But I always think that, you know, I, I, I sometimes will have maybe two Pepsi max cherries in a day. Right. And I think to myself, mm, excessive, you probably want to, yeah, you want to avoid that tomorrow. First of all, <laughs> I didn't have you down as a Pepsi Max ginger kind of guy, Pete. That is rogue for you. I would never would have. I never would have matched you to that soft drink. Last aisle in Waitrose, just looking around. What's new? What's happening? What's popping in the world of Pepsi Max? Um, I've got Diet Coke, lime, and Pepsi Max ginger. Don't mind it. Not too bad. But I, you can't drink more than twenty. Three in a day. I tell you what. I tell you. What. I don't even know how it's possible. No. I just don't know how it's possible. <laughs> so, how have you been, Luke? How's this week been? Have you been winning? Yeah. Have you been given, as the kids say, a big W or a big fat L? 
<laughs> I don't know. I certainly have not been indulging in a big fat L. No. But the um, the on Monday, I said to you guys, I said to you that uh, I tweaked a muscle in me back. It's still quite sore today, and I think it does go to show how when you get older, it takes you such a long time mm. to recover. Like, and that's that's kind of um, one of the mis. I think the misunderstood aspects of um, of professional athletes, particularly when they play in the Premier League or whatever, it's not necessarily that they can't do the things they did before. Yeah. It's that it takes them a lot longer to recover. Right. And I find now that if I get a little injury here or there, it takes me a long time to bounce back from it, baby. <laughs> well, look, you're still you're still my Premier League uh, goal scoring superstar hero, mate. Don't worry about it. Thanks. <laughs> That's so good of you. Have you got any ailments at the moment, Peter? You're normally quite good for an ailment. Yeah, I'm usually pretty good. No, I'm, I, I ate, um, I recooked some curry from from Saturday on on, on the Monday and uh, ate that, and and that's been two two days now of just repeating on me uh, and giving me. Uh, terrible uh, you won't learn your lesson though, will you? Won't learn your lesson because I am um, when I'm ordering the food, I'm very uh, generous with my money, <laughs> but when yeah. I am. Uh, when I finish the meal, I always want to get another meal out of it. And rice does not keep very well. You've got to be careful with it. No. You've got to be careful with it. There's a bit of a schism in our household about this because I've always been quite... Um, I would say I've always been quite reticent to try and reheat rice. Mm. I was always quite frightened of it yeah. because I know that it can grow bacteria on it and it can be bad for you and make you sick. And my wife, I think, either wasn't aware of that or because she knows about science, was like, oh, yeah, but it's fine if you just do this. And she's always been quite blasé about it. Mm. And so I've ended up like reheating rice more often than I did before. And I've actually been all right. So It's fine as long as you absolutely destroy it. I mean, it, it's just it's just that um, I think if you stick a sick hot rice in a cold fridge, I think that's problematic. And then you start eating it then. Or if you um, just don't cook your rice through again properly. It's not particularly nice anyway. As long as it's like covered in oil, you usually are, right? Because uh, obviously the oil heats up in a microwave or, or, in a, or in a wok. But yeah, you've just got to make sure you cook it right through. You just eat none of your two minutes and, and, and done. Because like when we have like ready meals and stuff, because some of them are ready in two or three minutes, you think that's how much reheating a meal is. It's not. You're cracking into your sixes, your sevens. Even if you. Yeah, I sometimes. Consider putting on a half power. I completely agree. Yeah. I've, 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 first of all, the microwave I've got in my house has been the, one of the most unbelievable purchases I've ever done. <laughs> it cost me 30 quid in 2014 and it's still going. Yeah. Right. And I think you're right. I think when I'm reheating a meal, I'm getting into five minutes plus, five minutes plus probably. Yeah. Yeah. I'm you cannot you. mess around with that sort of thing. Give it a stir, rotate it 45 degrees, and then get back into it. Get back into Any- it. Any more kitchen tips for people, Pete? I mean, you, let's just set the scene, right? It's a lovely evening. You've mm. had a nice day at work. You, you think, right, I want to sit down and make myself a meal. You've got some ingredients. You're going to knock something together. What's your, what's your top kitchen tips? If you have a squash that you want to cut into, just be careful with a knife. You need a really sharp knife yeah. or a serrated one just to get through the flesh because the flesh is incredibly tough. Yeah. I often find it absolutely remarkable how easy potatoes are to cut into raw when compared to their humble cousin, the sweet potato. <laughs> Very difficult to cut into a sweet potato, but actually incredibly easy to cut into your normal common or garden potato. Mm, yeah. Have it's... you got a garden for growing veg in your in your new house, by the way? Um, yeah, we, I think we've got like a little flower bed sort of thing. Because I bought some, I bought this little kind of roll of um, carrots. You know, like those little... Um... Well, those little cap guns you used to get when you were a kid, and you get like a little yeah. roll of um of of, of caps. caps. Um, what were they called? Caps, by the way. Um, I guess it's like a blasting cap, isn't it? I guess. 
Because you'd have the one that, yeah. on the paper roll, it'd taste a bit like um, like gunpowder, it'd be sort of spicy and hot. And then there was the plastic rotating ones. But the the, the cardboard ones, I bought this in the garden centre because I like to go to the garden centre every weekend because there's literally fuck all else to do. And um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, the similar sort of uh, thing in each little kind of um, uh, little hole. There's like a little a little carrot seed in there, and you put put it in the ground, stick some water on it, and then in a few months you got some carrots. But thing is, yeah. I've decided to move house. So what wow. am I going to do? Sow my seed and then have some other fucking loser reap the benefits of my, of my delicious sweet carrots? Don't yeah, think you so. Can't, you can't sow your seed into someone else's flower bed and then <laughs> reap the benefits. You've been told about that before. I can't imagine you I can't imagine you in a garden centre. I like it. I like the smells. I like, I've become very obsessed with um, one of these days I'm going to buy uh, one of those suet bars you give to a budgie. Uh, oh yeah! I'm just gonna sink my teeth into it because they always. I'm look absolutely so stunned. Lovely. You haven't fucking done that already. Oh mate, suet. You just talked about seeds. eating caps for cap guns. <laughs> suet mixed with, uh, with, with with seeds and just like just getting a ball of it. The ones that the um that the birds eat. Just go, oh, that would. Answer be... me this honestly. What have you ever done? It? Answer me this honestly. Have you? Have you tasted any of your, either of the dogs that you've got access to's food? Uh, no, no, I haven't actually. Um, though we do have the same stomach medicine as discussed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nat, um, Nat did try tried her dog's food and she ended up eating twenty four packets of it. Um, <laughs> uh, Peter, um, what 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 were you doing when you were putting caps from a cap gun in your mouth? That's question number one. Yeah. And question number, well, actually, an, an extension to that question, a question one B, if you will, is: Is there anything from your childhood that you didn't put in your fucking mouth? And yeah. and question two is: Did you have the lesser spotted but arguably more exciting uh, late eighties, early nineties kids toy, the famed potato gun? Um, never had one myself, though I endured the sweet kiss of many a, a, a pellet <laughs> to the back of my head. Yes, yeah, same. same. <laughs> um, but I think I think it was one of those kind of products that that you would see, but it always seemed a bit naughty, and you always sort of think, well, that is so, that's too much power for one person. I would hate to have one of those. Like, it might turn me into crime or something. I, I, I don't know. You take but, it yeah. back to medieval times. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, Loads yeah. of potatoes then. No, never had that. Um, what was the other question? Um, did uh, is there anything I've never put? I've not put in my mouth when I was a kid. I'm, I, is it? What is the the thing that people have if they've got to experience stuff with their mouth? Um, it's like a it's, it's like a kind of fetish or a, the sexual kind of gratification. Or right. certain, just certainly just. But it's not sexual for you, is it? You're just doing it. I'm just every pen I've ever had has been in my mouth. Every kind of there's not a single pen that I've not tasted the the the, the hot ink uh, that's kind of spilled yeah. out the top when I've been chewing on my pen too much. I'm I'm always snapping stuff, pulling stuff around. I'm surprised I'm not choked on stuff. Terrible, terrible behavior. Do, do you um do you remember like first day back at school after Christmas mm. where some wag would get a uh, a cartridge pen? Right. Yeah. Do you remember like a fountain yeah, yeah, pen yeah, with yeah, cartridges? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, they'd always be, they'd get it like in their stocking for Christmas or whatever. And they'd also get like a box of ink cartridges mm. and then they bring them to school and in break or lunchtime, you'd end up stamping on them so you could fire the ink further. <laughs> so messy. Did you ever used to do that? So unbelievably messy. And if it gets on your shirt, it's game over for that shirt, quite frankly. You cannot get that ink out. True. Terrible. It was like the, True. it was like nowadays you sort of see those um, laughing gas uh, ether canisters uh, around town. Back then, it was just mm. inky plastic tubes. 
Did they have one? Did they have one draw on your shirt on your final day of school? Uh, yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember where that is. That is a thing because you were you were a bit of a heartthrob at school, weren't you? Yeah, I was pretty popular. I had my uh, had my times here and there, <laughs> but I moved mm. schools consistently, didn't I? So um, yeah, just, just, you know, more just spread my love around <laughs> the Hartlepool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can remember do you know what going back to the old potato gun chat i can remember once so my sister's five years younger than me and um i was what was i doing i think i was playing on the super nintendo in my bedroom mm. and my sister had her own bedroom my sister was was sitting there watching me play super nintendo and um i think i got frustrated by a game or something and i swore and as i swore my mum walked past mm. and was like what are you doing? You can't sit in front of your sister. You're grounding. She grounded me for a week, right? Right. It's kind of fair enough looking back on it. It's probably poor form by me, but I wasn't in control of my emotions. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so the problem was, I was thinking, oh yeah, weak grounding. It feels like the end of the world when you're a kid and it feels like it's going to last for a long time. Mm. But uh, my bedroom overlooked the back alleyway where everyone used to, all the kids used to hang out and play. And oh, I remember no. the next day, like sod's law, there was a massive um, potato gun fight <laughs> and it just looked like the best thing ever. And I negotiated with my mum that actually the bottom of our garden, which had a shed on it, which I could climb up the side of and sit on the top of the shed, that was technically still our property. Yeah. So I was still staying in. Sniper. And I sat on the shed and watched it, and um, but I wasn't allowed to partake. And it was honestly one of the most depressing moments of my childhood. <laughs> did you even? You, did you said you didn't have, ever have a potato gun? That's no, fine. I wasn't allowed any guns as right. a kid. My parents wouldn't let me have them. That's probably a like, good shout. I mean, at bare, bare minimum, uh, if you're just going to, you know, draw a line in the sand. I, th- I don't think that's a bad one, to be fair. No, and um, and it's funny because my parents were like quite hippie, a bit young to be actual proper hippies, but they were mm. quite hippie-ish. And uh, one of the first dates they went on was a campaign for nuclear disarmament march in the 70s. Oh, nuclear nuclear power. No, thanks. Yeah, and um, my mum always used to say that. And then my, it turned out my dad actually told me that um, he only actually went because my mum was going. <laughs> he didn't give a shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is like classic, like classic, like male behaviour, right? <laughs> what, what would you, Pete, what um, political march would you go on to woo a lady? What's your cutoff point? Uh, look, there is, no, there is nothing more exhilarating in the sphere of political discourse than me in the 90s. Actually, when was the poll tax rise? Swinging around, uh, swinging around a scaffolding pole that's been left out in Charing Cross uh, Street, uh, trying to hit a policeman. I mean, th- th- I mean, imagine how much lady action <laughs> one might get. You, you'd have been about four me. years old, so I'm not sure. It might be, be a bit weird, wouldn't it? What's that kid doing? Where's his, where's his parents? <laughs> Why has he got a scaffolding pole? Because that's how the pole tax right started, didn't it? Because it was it, somebody, yeah. some builders had just stupidly left a lot of scaffolding poles down, and they just kicked off. Beautiful. Um, I can when you said that because of how old you are, you were. Mm. That was in 1990, right? So right. you'd have been like eight or nine. Yeah, I thought it was on the cost. I just imagined you with a pair of welly boots on, a T-shirt and nothing else and being like eight years old. Just running like, you know, like, cause like back in the day and it was just exactly the same where I grew up because we grew up in like a poor neighborhood. You'd get a lot of kids who would have like shorts on, 
yeah. and nothing else. Yeah, they'd never or a t-shirt pants, yeah. on and a pair of pants and yeah. nothing else. Because I, because I, kids, um, like I always find like pictures of myself when I was a kid, and I, yeah, I'd spend a lot of my time just in my pants. Um, yeah. Kids' nipples are weird. <laughs> like, oh, here we go. Like, Where's this come from? They're just, they're just kind of like, like I remember sort of like a picture of me when I was a kid. I'm going. I just had no nipples, but there were nipples there, but they were like ghost yeah. nipples. They were like, right. It was like, you know, when you play. How many of them? <laughs> just, the, just the normal <laughs> two, but kids' nipples yeah. are weird. And like, I'm sure parents who have kids must be like, I'm not going to mention it. I'm outside of it, so I can't yeah. mention it. But I'm, I, they must be like, our kids got nipple, like nipples, but no nipples. It's weird. I, I hope don't... our kid grows out of that kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah. It's like when you like, play like Daytona racing, and then the next time you go around, it shows you what your car did last lap. It's they're there. It's your car, but it's see through. It's like weird. <laughs> That's what my nipples look like when I was a kid. I just nipple kids just kids just have a crack at nipples, but they just don't manage them. It's weird. What's that you're, about? And you're quite you're quite famous in our company for your nipples now yeah. weirdly yeah yeah no they're they're ridiculous they're, they're you can see them through if i was wearing like um uh, uh armor back in the day like plate metal armor uh, you could see yeah. my nip nips through that it'd be like batman forever it would just <laughs> yeah yeah it's kind of interesting i can remember when um speaking of like kids and then like seeing them and not what not saying anything like about that kind of thing. Well, I can remember when my niece was born mm. and she's five now. She's the most beautiful human being in the world. I love her to bits. And but because I've never been a dad and because right. it's never really come up, no one really briefed me on what babies look like when they're born. And they look <laughs> fucking gonna... mental. They look mental. I'm telling you now, if you're listening to this and you've never witnessed a new an actual newborn baby, <laughs> they look mad. Right? Little quick little sort of peek behind the curtain for you. I'm telling you now, when your family or your friends are posting a picture of a quote unquote newborn baby on Instagram or something, it's been cleaned it up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They look right. like an alien when they're first born. And yeah. I was one of the first people there in my family when my niece was born and um, they uh, let me hold her. And I was sitting there thinking, I don't, I don't know what to say. Like, it, it was and it obviously kind of a couple like, of days the... later, was She's it like fine, dry? But... Was it because 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 babies obviously? But well, the heads are funny shape. Yeah. The heads are funny shape. They've mm. got blotches all over them. You know, they've just gone through a quite traumatic kind of entrance into the world, if you will. God, so, yeah. like, it's it's a it's a mad thing. I've never noticed the nipples thing. I'll be totally honest with you. Right. I'm gonna I'm, as soon as I get off this call, uh, this recording, I'll, I'll give my mum a text. She'll 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 send me a picture or two of me, <laughs> and I'll see. I'll have a look, and I'll let you know. But because because I, I was the reason I'm saying that is because I was astonishingly blonde when I was a kid. Right. Like yeah. proper white hair mm. as a kid. So I imagine I might have had, I might have something to offer in that nipples department, Pete. Maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll chuck over a picture that my dad sent over um, earlier, earlier today um, of my mum when she was a, a little baby, but she, my God, she looks bloody haunted. Um, and I'm showing you it. On the oh, screen. she looks sweet. She looks absolutely she looks my little Welsh mum. Absolutely bloody haunted. Yeah. Oh, by the way, speaking of that, um, you notice there's been a bit of a groundswell of um, a groundswell of support. Apparently, I was reading the other day for Welsh independence, and as a man of Welsh extraction, oh, I'd love that. Very proud of yes, that. please. Let's rejoin Europe. Thank you. Yeah. Let me have my passport back. Thank you. Have you um? 
Have you thought about perhaps heading over to Wales and joining some kind of you know, mining-based close close vocal harmony male choir? <laughs> That'd be lovely. That's, I think that I, I don't have bad pipes, I don't think. No, you're all right. You're all right. Yeah. I think if you could also, I mean, listen, you could also volunteer your nipples as some kind of uh, mining Ex- device yeah, as well. extraction <laughs> device. HS2. Yeah. I, could, I, could have helped, I could have helped Swampy out. And his friends at yeah. Euston Station who who've dug a little uh, dug a little I, amazing that they did that. So I walked past that um, that little display. I'm calling it um, outside. What are you Houston. talking about? I don't even know what you're talking about. So in Euston, you know Euston Square, like the, the, the you know in front of Euston mm-hmm. Station, there's like a little square. Yeah, the, the, the station used to come out a bit more, and then it was redesigned in the 70s. Um, there's always a load of flags and stuff there. Yeah, yeah. So they they, they they're um, saying no to I think the crossrail. Maybe HS2. I'm not really sure what's what. Anyway, they're, they're saying right. no to to whatever it is, and uh, they and they've set up a little kind of um, just no. Camp. What? Just... No, no, just no. <laughs> they've set up a rather impressive camp. It's the sort of thing you know back in the day right. uh, you'd see outside uh, on Parliament Square, but on Euston Square they've got this massive like little village of of tents, and 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 it was at a time when it was like absolutely freezing. So incredible uh, that they managed to do right. this. But they've they've managed to dig uh, tunnels, like they've, they've dug tunnels underneath Houston. Like tiny little one-man huh. tunnels up and down. Uh, Swampy, Swampy's been down there because he's obviously um, protest royalty. But yeah, they've made these little tunnels um, that, that they sort of uh, crawl through. Uh, incredible, incredible. Uh, bit of What's Swampy been doing then since since the nineties? Um, because it, I mean, in in, in the nineties, he was the big one to stop. It was the A thirty, I think, right? Which is um, down in uh, the West Country. Yeah, and that's when he became. Um, that's when he became kind of famous, but he has been on board the HS2 thing. And the reason it's interesting is because those listening who are a bit younger, they probably won't remember him, but he was kind of the first famous environmentalist of that kind, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's not been, he's not kind of softened in his older age. No, you'd expect him and to sort apparent- of be in like Big Brother or something, wouldn't you? You'd expect him to be. Yeah. No, he's, he's, he's doing it for the honour, not the glory. And mm. apparently in 2006, he was living in a yurt. Well, there you go. I mean, well, I mean, yurt is better than a tent, isn't it? I mean, yurt's a fancy, fancy tent, isn't it? Really, good on him. Yeah. Though. Apparently, a conservative, a conservative minister said that they'd like to bury him in concrete Ooh, at one point. So. Strong. Just, tell us what you really think. <laughs> For goodness' sake. Um, so he's now, he's now, as we speak, he is digging under Euston Square. Is he? Well, I don't know whether he's in the. I don't know whether he's taking the glory of the of the tunnel, um, the tunnel diggers. But yeah, they, they, they've managed to sort of. Um, tunnel underneath the road. Incredible. Like, just incredible that they've managed to do that with such cold ground in, in, in such terrible conditions. Yeah. So, you know, more power to them, I say. The joke The joke always used to be, like, you hope he doesn't get heart problems because he'll almost certainly refuse a bypass. Good. That works. Yeah. That works. That was a dad joke back in the day. I reckon still, he's... probably still got resonance now. I reckon he probably, uh, he probably eats very healthily, so he probably won't need one. Yeah. The joke's on those dads who themselves all do have heart problems where he's very healthy. <laughs> Probably a vegetarian diet and he's outside all the Indeed. time, so he's doing fine. I'm right. Yeah. Um, shall we have a little break? Yeah. And then when we come back, um, we'll check our blood pressure and then we'll come back and we'll do an email or two. How about that? All right, then. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hi everyone, Luke here. I just wanted to take this opportunity while Pete's not around to talk to you about UFOs. You know that I'm interested in UFO sightings, but Peter will not let me talk about them on the podcast. So instead, I'm here to recommend a different show which does discuss extraterrestrial activity and a whole heap of other unexplained paranormal mysteries. I absolutely love it. It's called This Paranormal Life, and it's an award-winning comedy podcast where comedians Rory Powers and Kit Greer inspect different paranormal cases to try and find the truth inside the mystery. Previous episodes investigate things like the Battersea Poltergeist and the Roswell UFO incident. Hey, what are you doing? Sorry. Uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave the studio for like two minutes and you're talking about UFOs again, Luke. I'm actually just recommending to the Luke and Pete Show community to check out This Paranormal Life in case they want some more info about the mysteries, Pete, that you refuse to let me talk about. Mm. Uh, well, look, I, admittedly, I love Rory and I love Kit. They're good fellas. And I think we should leave it to them, the experts. I was actually just listening okay. to St. Patrick's Day episode and I tell you what, it was a bloody good listen. Apparently St. Patrick, right, he used to battle druids in wizard duels, which is a little bit of rock and roll, isn't it? Uh, do you reckon I would beat uh, St. Patrick to some kind of wizard duel, Luke? Oh, I reckon you could in those trousers, mate. Yeah. Search This Paranormal Life in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. Please do it so Luke stops talking to me about UFOs. What's that up there? It's a light, you dickhead. Stakhanov's award-winning football mockumentary, The Offensive, is available to listen to now. After securing Premier League survival last season, Ashwood City have a new boss. The new manager, Sven Goran Eriksson. I am delighted to be the new head coach at Ashwood City Football Club. But unfortunately, the same old chief executive. Oh, fuckity, fuckity, fuck, fuck. Stupid comments from an ex-player chanting, make Ashwood great again. Big fucking deal. You know, if he thinks that any of those empty words have had even the slightest impact on Patrick Nolan, MBE, then he is dreaming. Stupid, big, idiot, twat, fucking wank, wank, bollock face. Follow Ashwood City on and off the pitch every Premier League match week. I can't even get easy peelers in my local MS at the moment, Sven, let alone a fullback from Rail Sossier, Dad. I just have a list of players I'd like to bring into your squad. <sighs> okay, well, let me know when you have a list of players you'd like to bring out of the squad. 
described by The Guardian as a must-listen for football fans. We lied about the corona test result. We isolated our two informed players to stop them playing for England and now we've asked Man City Football Club to bribe the Premier League on our behalf. I didn't actually ask them to. I asked if they wanted to. It's the same fucking thing. Search The Offensive on your favourite podcast player and listen now. We're back with the Luke and Pete Show. It is a Thursday. We're staying out of trouble, uh, staying in school and eating our greens, just like Swampy, quite frankly. If you, if you hear any um, problems with the recording, it will just be that Pete, one of Pete's nipples has pressed a stop button or something <laughs> by accident. Yeah, um, we, we did have trouble but, earlier on because <laughs> Talk Talk just every time, every I don't know what happens in Talk Talk at five o'clock, but somebody just goes for dinner. And just presses the like spills his dinner or spills his you know jalfrezi chicken jalfrezi all over the all over the um, bank of buttons uh, and my my uh, connection invariably goes down. <laughs> Is that how it works, Pete? That's how it works. Yeah, yeah. that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, you were having a running battle with someone at um, the internet service provider of choice, weren't you? At some point. Yeah, yeah, the uh, yeah the good people at uh, a, a certain. Um, uh, I think at one point nationalized uh, company. <laughs> um, have you given up me, on that then? Assured, you admitted defeat? Uh, they, no, they've assured me that uh, something will be taking place uh, within a month, and that promise was uh, given to me about uh, a month and a half ago. So uh, just, just yeah, get yourself same down to Euston Square, mate. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're going to fit the broadband the day before I leave for a new house, which will, which, which will really <laughs> so. grind my gears, Luke. It really will. I hope that happens. <laughs> I think I, I think I speak on behalf of our listenership when I say I hope yeah, that happens. Very, very um, upsetting. So hello at lukeandpeatshow.com is the email address. At Luke and Pete Show is us on Instagram and Twitter. Um, before I get into an email, I'm going to do a couple of battery brands because people send them in. They mm. want to know if they've discovered a new player entering the game. I think we've got three here. I think two of them are new players, Peter. I'm going to run them past you and see what you think. So first of all, Lizzie, thank you to Lizzie. Hello to you. Mm. Sent in a Kung Fu Max battery, which she found <laughs> in a torch. I don't think that's a new player. I've looked Do at the picture. Think? No, I think it's a, um, I think it's one we've seen before, sadly. So right. good luck to you, Lizzie, but I don't think you've made it. And I think you need to get both votes from both of us to get in. Um, okay, so th- that's Lizzie's. Daniel nice. Warrior has, has sent in. Um, sorry, what were you going to say, Peter? I, I was just, uh, I was just uh, proud that we had someone listening who um, regularly uses C batteries uh, rather than yeah. the triple A's and stuff. It's just nice to see my my um, motorized robotic bin takes uh, C or D batteries, and uh, sometimes hard to find. <laughs> Hang on a minute, motorized robotic bin. I approach. It opens its vast mouth and says get 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 it all in here that's what it says get busy get bit get get straight down the gullet it shouts it demands it demands my film seriously what does it do does it move around no it just opens it just opens when i turn up there's actually two one for recycling one not for recycling um but uh so you just walk up to it it opens its lid yeah pops its lid thank you now that's very good all right excellent um so it's pretty hygienic as well you have to touch it um all right anyway uh, good news, you, Lizzie. You your battery you, would work. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good news, Lizzie. Your your battery will work in Pete's robotic bin. Yeah, but it is not a new player. Sadly, <laughs> Daniel Warrior, I think, has submitted a, a new player to mm. enter the game. It's an Arcas Zinc Cola. Yeah, yeah. It it sounds sounds German, doesn't it? What does co- cola mean? Yeah, zinc. I mean, sounds zinc. Very Teutonic. Zinc's probably zinc, isn't it? Cola. Yeah, I'd say so. Cola. 
Mignon. <laughs> Underneath it says yeah. Mignon, double A. <laughs> For now, we're going to give you that as a new player status, Daniel Warrior. Well yeah, done to you. Well done, and mate. then Phil Ha has sent in a brand of batteries amazingly titled President's Choice. Oh, lovely. And especially... Sounds what, like sound what, North Korean. Yeah, what I like about it is that uh, it's it, they're 9 volters as well. It's a double pack of 9 volters, President's Choice. Um, are, are they going in the President's smoke alarm? I, I don't know. Yeah. The only thing I could think of for a 9 volter these days is a... Is a um, is a um, smoke alarm. Yeah. And am I right in saying the 9 volt was when you're a school kid, you could put your tongue on it and it give you a little shock? Correct, yeah, because the uh, both terminals are on one side. You can do it on any battery, but you've just got to be creative with your mouth. Oh, because you've got to go... So you'd have to put maybe one side on each inside of each cheek or something mm. to create a circuit. The thing that you're seeing quite a lot in uh, modern uh, remote controls is that the... You know when back in the day, and for, for the longest amount of time... This is so boring, but it's never stopped us before, literally ever. Mm. Um, the plus and minus terminals, the positive and negative terminals, are uh, next to each other. So the batteries have to go uh, one way, and then the next one has to go upside down. Right, yeah. Modern remote controls. And I'm looking at you, the Amazon um, stick. They have rejigged the components, rejigged the insides, and the batteries go in both the same side up. It is... Huh. An incredible uh, thing to have happened to uh, electronics. <laughs> well, what's this I've got on my hand here, Peter? What's that? Is that a Samsung? I can't really see. It's a Sony remote Sony control. Sony remote control. Get Let's it test open. it. I'm going I'm to pop it. I'm going I'm to say it's battery... an up and a downer. It's an up Sony and a downer. batteries in there. Yeah, yeah, it is an up and down up reversal. Down, yeah, yeah. So, you know, they, this is in the last three or four years. They've decided to go, right. you know what, guys, this is crazy. This is just making things difficult for people with, I don't know, accessibility problems, vision problems. Why don't we just right. sort of rejig the wiring inside and just go with this? So this is ridiculous. But... Why have they done that in the first place? Why is it reversed in the first place? I don't really know. It's probably easier to wire up if it's in serial or parallel. I don't really know how batteries work, to be honest, but it's probably how you wire a battery up with the other one to create one big kind of cell. So it's just easier, maybe. Just easier, mate. And I don't think I don't think that is boring for this show. I think if, if you suggested that as like... The opening story on the football ramble. I'll be like, well, I can't really do that. <laughs> but on this show, I, I, I want this show to be like Kids a reflection of life. Yeah. Yeah. I just want it to be a reflection of life. I want it to be the ultimate companion show where we just chat about our lives. They're the same as your lives. Mm. Sometimes they're exciting. Sometimes they're boring. But we shouldn't shy away from that. No. And so I think the, the, the crucial and in fact tremendously exciting development of the changing around of batteries from <laughs> opposites to to parallel uniformity <laughs> is something that we should talk about and we have so well done yeah, us so anyway in summary that's the battery section lizzie it's a no from us i'm afraid but thank you very much <laughs> daniel and phil congratulations you've joined the club uh, for those of you who want to send suggested new battery players to enter our game it is hello at lucanpucci.com or at Luke and Pete show on Twitter and Instagram. Now, I've got an email here, uh, and I I kind of want us to do it. Um, I also want to do a one. I just want to recap a bit of dad behaviour from Monday, actually. So maybe I'll do that first. Okay, uh, if that's yeah. okay. This is from Dave because this is actually a nice little. It's a nice little slant on the dad behaviour theme. So Dave right. says um, your recent discussion around classic dad behaviour reminded me not of my own father, but my best friend's father. Um, he's called mm. Kirk. Now, first of all, a dad called Kirk is Strong great. Name. That is great. I like uh, it. He said, yeah. "Yeah, he said he's a bit of a legend among our group of mates. Uh, you know, dedicated commitment to the 1980s moustache that uh, persists to this day." And in my mind, I'm thinking Tom Selleck straight away. 
Um, I could write an essay on the man, but I'll keep it brief with a few key highlights. And then Dave has included three bullet points about Kirk. Um, the first one is endless purchasing of old cars to repair for months while seemingly never making any improvements in them at all. That is great. Yeah. Very good. Mm-hmm. Um, then he's got one here about a, um, a car parking spot that is actually a public space in front of his house, even though he had his own driveway, which had three cars in it. Um, but he wouldn't let anyone park there. And he actually brainwashed his entire family to support him on that. And so anytime you tried to park there when you visited, you'd get in trouble, which is great. Right. I mean, that's that's probably yeah. not bad behavior. That's more kind of territorial, psychotic behavior. <laughs> um, but anyway, the best one is this, right? This is great, Pete. You'll like this. So Kirk apparently would always wear socks with sandals, even on holiday, right? Mm. And there's a glorious example of this where Kirk beat his son, who's obviously Dave's best friend, uh, who was 18 at the time, while wearing socks and sandals in a bitterly contested tennis match in the south of France in 2008. <laughs> <laughs> the scene is so typically middle class. I'm very You'd be enjoy- fuming. You'd that. be fuming though, Donnie, wouldn't oh, you? To be honest. Oh, yeah, you're trying your best and you've got your best, I don't know, sho- shoes on or something, or your you mate yeah. Della Premier League or something. <laughs> the thing is, that, that, the thing it. is, Dave. The thing is, Dave. That Pete, like Pete isn't that competitive. He doesn't give a shit. So mm. if you get too competitive, he just gets switched off. He just wants to leave. Yeah. But I'm really competitive. So I think if it were me and I had to play Kirk, mm. and I'm, I'm shit at tennis, but if I had to play Kirk and he had socks and sandals on and he was like 30 years older than me and he beat me, I'd be pissed off. I'm telling you that now. <laughs> so that is classic. Absolute classic. <laughs> Enjoy. Do that one from Jasper in the emails. It's just right, been dropped then, in. It's I'll a do good this one. one then. Yeah, it is. It's beautiful. Um, Jasper, hello, boys. I've just discovered that they name all of the gritting trucks in Scotland, and I thought it was a bit of you. Um, <clears throat> we've seen this before, but I don't think we've mentioned it on the show before. In um, Scotland, there are several uh, gritting trucks um, in major cities, but also out in the, the Hebrides and beyond. Um, and they've each got amazing names. And you can watch these kind of trucks. Um, they're all GPS uh, fitted. And you can watch these trucks um, hightail it around around Scotland. And they're always on the move. And they've all got amazing names. Uh, I, I don't know what the website is uh, that you can find it. We'll just Google Trunk Road Gritter Traffic Tracker. Scotland, I think. Traffic Scotland's Trunk Road Gritter yeah. Tracker. And you've just basically got a load of little um, uh, gritting tr- lorries, uh, little icons going around a big map of Scotland. And there are some amazing names. The Ice Destroyer, <laughs> um, Sir Andy Flurry, <laughs> our chip. <laughs> <laughs> our chili, our woolly, uh, William Wallace. I love um, sweet child of brine. <laughs> Salt Disney, yeah. one. Lord, Lord Caldermott, and you're a blizzard, Harry. <laughs> oh, Very nice. License to chill's good, and yeah. so is Sled Zeppelin. Yeah, I like the simpler ones with Gritty Gonzalez. I, I think those ones are, are kind of taking liberties a little bit, bringing things like sleds and stuff. But I think, yeah, grit, get grit, gritting on with it. <laughs> It's a Scottish sense of humour, which we enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, very very nice. I think we should end on that. Let's wrap on that because that is a great way to to end. And um, thank you very much, everyone, for listening to this uh, unplanned nonsense again. Uh, That's been Thursday. Uh, We will be back on Monday, of course, with another couple of episodes. 
Um, between now and then, we're off to drink as many cans of Diet Coke as we can. But until then, email us, hello at LukeandPeacher.com. We are at Luke and Pete Show on Instagram and Twitter. There's loads of interesting stuff. You heard on Monday, you got to vote on your favorite dad behaviors. So get over to our Instagram for more behind the scenes and extra content. Because let's be honest, there's nothing else to do at the moment. Until then, until Monday, it's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from Pete Dawson as well. That's all. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hi everyone, Luke here. I just wanted to take this opportunity while Pete's not around to talk to you about UFOs. You know that I'm interested in UFO sightings, but Peter will not let me talk about them on the podcast. So instead, I'm here to recommend a different show which does discuss extraterrestrial activity and a whole heap of other unexplained paranormal mysteries. I absolutely love it. It's called This Paranormal Life, and it's an award-winning comedy podcast where comedians Rory Powers and Kit Greer inspect different paranormal cases to try and find the truth inside the mystery. Previous episodes investigate things like the Battersea Poltergeist and the Roswell UFO incident. Hey, what are you doing? Sorry. Uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave the studio for like two minutes and you're talking about UFOs again, Luke. I'm actually just recommending to the Luke and Pete Show community to check out This Paranormal Life in case they want some more info about the mysteries, Pete, that you refuse to let me talk about. Mm. Uh, well, look, I, admittedly, I love Rory and I love Kit. They're good fellas. And I think we should leave it to them, the experts. I was actually just listening okay. to St. Patrick's Day episode. And I tell you what, it was a bloody good listen. Apparently St. Patrick, right, he used to battle druids in Wizard Jewels, which is a little bit of rock and roll, isn't it? Uh, do you reckon I'd beat uh, St. Patrick to some kind of Wizard Jewel, Luke? Oh, I reckon you could in those trousers, mate. Yeah. Search This Paranormal Life in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. Please do it so Luke stops talking to me about UFOs. What's that up there? It's a light, you dickhead. <laughs>